Welcome into the official. We are continuing our run around the different position groups. Uh, if you haven't looked at them already, go back and check out the quarterbacks episode and the running backs episode where we talk about Campus to Canton's top 10 uh, 2023 uh, incoming freshman quarterbacks, running backs, and also, of course, give you some of those deep dive sleepers, three stars and below to keep your eye out on uh, maybe last round picks in your fantasy draft or if you're just following along because you enjoy recruiting, enjoy college football, keep an eye out for those guys uh, as they hit campus in the spring and the fall, see if they're making uh, early noise. But tonight, we're going to go into the receivers, which, you know, of course, has become more and more of an important position group, both in fantasy and real life, as offices move towards um, more passing and, uh, you know, three wide receiver sets, both in college and the NFL. You've seen a lot of first-round NFL wide receivers go in the last few drafts. And so we're going to try to tell you who we think is going to be major players, uh, both in college and at the next level at wide receiver. This is The Official. Good evening, gentlemen. Are you ready to talk some wide receivers after the quarterback and running back? Heck yeah. All right. So I think we have um, a really nice set of wide receivers. We've talked about it before that the top end of this wide receiver class is pretty impressive. Um, Matt, I hope we have some big wide receivers for you to live up to your name, to, you know, kind of kind of mine those, those big X-type receivers for you. And... Um, you know, I think this is probably the strength of the recruiting class. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. I, I, it's pretty clear for me that, you know, the wide receivers, just across the board, every tier, it's pretty stacked everywhere. Um, yeah. You know, even in comparison to last year's class, where that was a pretty strong group, I think overall this class just shines, really. Great. Well, we're excited to get into it. Um, you know, the quarterbacks are very, very top heavy after the first two or three, depending on where your tier drops. Um, they get a lot of question marks. Um, and then in, in the running back class, pretty much over or underwhelmed, even at the top, while Baxter is interesting. We've kind of talked about that. So hopefully we're getting into the most exciting position group of this class. And, uh, you know, without further ado, let's take a look at the top 10 based off campus to Canton's rankings. And we've got uh, number one, Zachariah Branch. I know I have him as my personal number one. I know, Matt, you have him as your personal number one. David, is he your number one as well in terms of your, your film grades? Um, I have him second behind Dickie. Okay. Yeah, Dickie's interesting. We'll get to him. So, um, you know, consensus uh, number one, but obviously David veering a little bit off the, the path there. But Matt, I could talk all day about Branch. You've talked a lot about Branch on other shows, but give me two sentences why he's so special. Yeah, he's just such a straightforward evaluation. He is extremely explosive, a very refined player with great hands. Uh, you, you can really just see his fit at the next level and, you know, how he's going to dominate just with, by getting open with ease and being explosive after the catch. Yes. And I've heard you comp him to kind of like a waddle clone 
I kind of think that's true. And obviously that's, that's very, very exciting. So that's Branch. And then we have Jonte Cook at number two. Um, he is my number two as well. I pretty much have Branch and Cook personally in a tier of their own. Uh, Matt and David, is he sitting as number two for you? Or is this consensus being overweighed by other people in our group? He is my two, but it sounds like he's not David's. I have Cook at three. He's in my he's in my tier one. I'm pretty sure all I think everyone here has him in tier one. Gotcha. So um, yeah, you're just a little off the the same wavelength that we are. When I see Jonte Cook, and we got a little clip here for him, um, David, you obviously like him. You have his number three. Why don't you talk about what we're seeing here with Jonte Cook and what what makes you excited for the next level as he goes to Texas? Uh, pretty much he's probably the most polished player, I would say, um, like route running wise, like he, he's right there with branch. He's got some verticality. He, you can kind of move him around all around the formation. He actually has pretty good length too. So I, you know, some people might be concerned with his size, but, um, you can see he can high point the ball right there. He does have a six, four wingspan, even though he's, you know, only five eleven. So that helps him in contested situations. Um, just super productive. He's played a really good competition in Texas. Like he's going to come in battle tested. He should be able to contribute from day one. Awesome. Uh, yeah, couldn't said it too much better myself. Then we have Makai Lemon, who is a you know technically listed as an athlete, I believe, on twenty four seven. But it looks like he's going to play receiver for USC. He plays both. A, he plays a pretty mean uh, defensive back. And actually, some of his highlights are really impressive there in terms of how he can start and stop going from a back pedal to then forward and make tackles and really uh, seems to have a ton of body control to me. I think that usually is going to lend itself to be a very good route runner. Um, you know, but I'm not sure I see the excitement electricity that you see in Branch and Cook with Lemon. He, I think he's a little bit more... Um, yeah, a straightforward guy who's going to get the job done and probably be very effective. But there is a little bit of a limit in the overall ceiling that I see in Lemon. Would you guys agree with that? That's yeah, that's my I, assessment too. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, yeah, I think that's fair. But I think his floor is so high that I can't really knock him too much for it. Especially in this, so, you know, we've got uh, Branch and Lemon here, two of the top three. You notice the logo. They're both going to USC. We have the number one quarterback. Remember from the quarterback episode, Max Line, Nelson going to USC. Pretty exciting times if you're a Trojan fan uh, as to what that offense is going to look like in the next few years. That's that's pretty phenomenal. Uh, let's kick it straight to you, David, then for Jurion Dickey. Currently headed to Oregon, although there has been some light message board buzz that he may not be totally solid to Oregon. So we'll see where he winds up. But he's your number one. What do you like about him? I mean, I, I have to say I'm, I'm very impressed with him, too. I just didn't quite get him all the way to number one. Yeah, I think it just comes the, – the differentiation for me is just, like, trying to squeeze out all the upside um, from a player, like, at the NFL level. I. I usually side towards bigger players when it comes to that. I think Branch is going to obviously be a stud. He, I mean, he's a Branch is like, uh, he was verified 165. We can talk about size. Does it matter? How much does it matter? I think it, I think, I feel like it still kind of matters for upside. And 
I mean, Dickie, he's like six, two and a half, 210 pounds. He's so powerful. He's so explosive. He's got good ball skills. And honestly, like I was surprised. He's actually a pretty good, he's pretty polished. And I, I was going through a lot of his one-on-one -on -one camp stuff and like he struggled with like balance and stuff as a junior, but he, I, I feel like he's cleaned that up a lot. And so like his balance as a route runner um, and his tackle breaking is just, I just think the ceiling might be slightly higher, but I love them both. So, yeah, he's super exciting, and and I I'd have to go back and look at my individual numbers. I think he's you know my three or four personally, um, but I I wonder where I, I you know I can't always remember exactly what criteria I I was high or low on. So I I didn't be interested to go back, uh, and now that senior tape is out from you know all these guys they just wrapped up their senior seasons, we're going to be doing some final evals, and I think getting some bumps one guy we'll talk about later recently got a bump as i looked at him again headed into this discussion um brandon inniston comes in at wide receiver five for us going to the wide receiver factory that is ohio state i think he's kind of in that lemon mold and maybe not quite as dynamic as as lemon um i think five is about right for him you know I'm, i think i'm a little lower on him than some other people who seem to really like him quite a bit matt would you would you say that Ennis at five is about right? Oh uh, yeah, I actually have him as my wide receiver five as well. So I guess I fit in with the consensus there. But he's in my two one. I have five two one wide receivers in this class. Uh, I wow. think he's the best of that Lahasti wide receiver group going in there in the last two years. Uh, I think he's just a super solid player, really good after the catch. Um, yeah, he's already a really well built, pretty refined player. He's been such a big name. For a little while now, he's huge in the camp circuits. So I feel like he's just, you know, the the can't miss of the Ohio State wide receiver bunch. That's how it feels currently, at least. Cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's if, if anything, it's worthwhile betting on Brian Hartline's developing. I mean, I, I guess he's going to get a promotion at some point um, and leave Ohio State. But, you know, right now, as it stands, you bet on Brian Hartline. That's a pretty good bet to make. So we move on to the second half of the top 10 here. Jaden Greathouse, who I really like. I mean, I, I've backed off my grade, my initial grade. At one point, I think I had him as my wide receiver three. Um, he's still going to Notre Dame, I believe, uh, at least has not decommitted. Is that right, David? Still locked in? Yeah, I don't know. There was rumors he was going to visit Oklahoma. I don't know if that's true. But as of now, it sounds like he's relatively solid with Notre Dame. All right, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that then. So I really like him. I see an excellent route runner. To me, I think he was one of the most um, polished, crisp, diverse route runners. Uh, sometimes you see guys and they'll do like, you know, they'll have a bunch of posts and goes and maybe one 10-yard out on their entire highlight film. Uh, he's got tons of short, intermediate, and longer routes He's very crisp. He's putting double moves. I'm not even talking like double moves like, you know, up, in, and go. But I'm talking like, you know, a little, you know, seven-yard kind of curl fake and then go back outside and catch one on the sideline. So seems to me like he's a pretty complicated route runner, which uh, is interesting to me. And I'll throw it to you, David, since, you know, he's going to a team you follow closely uh, Notre Dame. Uh, do you have anything to add? Do you think that's about right for Greathouse? Yeah, that's about right. And, and he should, the depth chart at Notre Dame is is really weak at wide receiver. He should definitely come in right away and contribute. 
Um, and if he doesn't, we got a problem. <laughs> yeah. Maybe our eval's wrong. He's like a really, I don't know. Yeah, he, he's awesome. He's an awesome route runner and he's got good size and all that. The speed is like the only knock on him, really. I think we have him like not, I think in the 19s miles per hour, like uh, 19.8, maybe 20, somewhere around there. Um, yeah, that's a little so, low. Yeah, it's really hard to comp him. Like I, I was kind of racking my brain a lot and like, he's kind of like a, maybe like a Juju Smith, like when you try to think forward to like the NFL, but he's already like Juju size as he was at the combine. You know, I think they were, I think Juju is um, like six, one and a half two fifteen, And that's kind of what great house already is. I would say don't gain, you don't have to get any bigger. I don't know. Some people haven't listed at two twenty. like even try to maybe cut a little fat and play at two fifteen. maybe get a little more speed. Um, but we're just, we're nitpicking. He's a good player. I don't want to go too in depth on that. Yeah. I know. I think that's about right. Maybe he turns into like a Claypool, although Claypool was um, very, you know, athletic with, I think uh, ran a very fast 40 time. So that's what we think we great house maybe doesn't have. Um, all right. Noah Rogers. I'm going to throw this to big wide receiver guy. Cause I know that you like Dave and I have talked about Noah Rogers being very difficult for us to lay off some of those highlights. I know you've watched Noah Rogers and mentioned it before on the official uh, in other shows and what is showing up for Noah Rogers makes you nervous. And I bet you don't even have him in your top 10, even though he's winding up here for us at number seven. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of ragging on him. You know, I feel like I'm talking about him every other week now, but uh, <laughs> no, he's not, not in my top 10. Uh, I believe he's my RC was 16 last I checked. Um, you know, I just, I just think there's a lot of questions to his game. Uh, he's a, kind of a one-trick pony, uh, meaning you know he's pretty much only a deep guy, and I don't think he, uh, you know, his athletic testing is going to really match up with that play style he currently has. And he's a really raw player, um, uh, and I, I, I think out of the, all the Ohio State receivers they're getting in this class, his projection is the hardest you know, to be at Ohio State. He's not the typical type of wide receiver they go after. Um, you know, he's not overly refined. He's kind of a one-trick pony with, you know, what he does, the way he plays. And, uh, yeah, it's just worrisome to me, and I think that, you know, it's enough question marks for me to, you know, kind of give him a big drop-off here. Well, you know, I think that's uh, one thing you mentioned, I think it was in a – and it was in the previous episode or maybe even in our Slack that you kind of mentioned, you know, I think, and you just said it, that Ohio State doesn't only go after this type of player. And I think that's interesting. You mentioned uh, a lot of the good players who have been, gone on to become excellent at Ohio State, Olave, Gary Wilson, um, currently Marvin Harrison, um, JSN. These were polished receivers going in. They haven't necessarily, and they've, you know, they've made them hit their ceiling, all these guys, right? but that you elaborated and said the raw athlete such as a Julian Fleming that they've taken has not necessarily really uh, hit his ceiling. So that's interesting. And Noah Rogers falls into more of that raw athlete, not a refined receiver at this time. So we will see what happens. The highlights are very exciting as Dave and I have talked about on previous shows. Well, let's move to a guy that I think we can all agree has an incredible ceiling and we're very excited to watch. And that's Malik Benson. Um, we've included him 
in our, you know, pretty much the only JUCO guy that we we're going to include in our routine discussion of this class because he's going to Alabama because the tape really, uh, you know, removes any doubt that he's a primetime player and, and, you know, not just like a gap or a, a roster filler uh, as a JUCO transfer. So, you know, looking at him here, this is for, I think, Hutchinson Community College. And this would, I don't know if this was his June, this current year or the, or the first year. It's a junior. Or uh, it's, so, it's, it's first year, the, I'm sorry. The first year, yeah. So, I mean, you can tell here, like, he's not just fast, but he's, like, extremely fast. Like, both of these runs here, by the end of it, he's just pulling away. I mean, there's nobody who can even really get close. Like, he was even with that guy – 20 yards ago and he finishes about five yards ahead showing here a little bit of movement off the line good footwork and then a little yak ability like he's not going down a little spin move there very dynamic looking player everybody was interested in this guy obviously uh, Alabama lands him and they need this exact player right guys I mean we went from Ruggs to Jamison Williams and then this year they haven't had that field stretcher we thought some guys in the recruiting class, maybe like Isaiah Bond, maybe the transfer um, from Louisville, whose name escapes me at the moment because I don't even think he's played all year. But Benson, does he give him that guy that they need to be that outside deep threat that really challenges defenses? I, I think there's a good chance he is just because, you know, the, I, mean, I mean, you know, as you just said, they, they have kind of failed in that area already. So he could just be the next failure. But. You know, he's shown at least, you know, the ability to maybe you can kind of see the Jameson, you know, Williams uh, potential outlook for him. Um, that being said, Isaiah Bond does play a similar role to him. Uh, but and Jalen Hill is also who we're about to talk about coming in this class who could step up and take up a bigger spot. But uh, we'll see, though, you know, the there's definitely targets available there for anybody to step in. Absolutely, there is. I mean, I, for one, was shocked at just how, you know, I guess when you go from like four first round draft picks, you know, there's just going to be a drop off. Um, then we go to Hakeem Williams. First time FSU has shown up on any of our lists. So kudos to them for landing a, a pretty big time receiver. I know he's a five star on some of the services here. Makes our top 10. And, you know, the book on him, correct me if I'm wrong, but one of these guys who were dreaming on that upside, he's huge, he's fast, uh, oozes just beast potential, but, you know, very raw. In fact, one game I think was completely shut out of any stats earlier this year. I think we've mentioned that uh, or talked about it amongst ourselves. So a little concern there. Will he pan out? You know, anyone's guess is FSU the place for him to develop? Does anybody have an opinion there? Um, FSU's, I don't know, actually. I don't really have a very good opinion on like their wide receiver coach or anything like that, but there's definitely opportunity there. And the, their, their offense has been good this year. And I, there's definitely worse spots, I feel like. So I don't mind it. Yeah, they've been very interesting this year. And, you know, it, I've been slow on the uptake, but I've got to hand it to them. They, they've been a dynamic both on offense and defense this year. We'll talk about another guy going to FSU. So maybe they're a, you know, got something figured out on their scouting of wide receivers. At least they seem to be in lockstep with us. 
And then we got Jalen Hale, uh, big wide receiver guy. You mentioned him before. Is he like a Benson clone? And I'll go ahead and run a clip here. You can talk talk us through what you're seeing uh, and kind of relate it to Benson and how they're going to both fit. Uh, yeah, I'd actually say Hale is a very different player than Benson. Uh, you know, Hale's probably going to end up being, you know, the uh, outside X receiver. I think there's a chance Benson could end up in the slot, but he's probably end up playing more Z than anything. Uh, mm-hmm. But no, Hale, Hale, I think he has a really well-rounded game. Uh, he can go up and get the ball. That's probably his biggest strength. He's a super aggressive player. Um, I think he's very good after the catch. Alfred has disagreed with that at times. But I think he especially showed it in his senior tape, uh, you know, that he can make an impact after the catch, um, you know, especially in punt return situations too. There he is stiffly arming somebody after going up and getting it. Um, yeah, I just think he has a really well-rounded game, a super aggressive, you know, he has that alpha dog mentality, you can tell. And that's just something you know, you'd like to see from an outside X receiver. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, he's looking like he's got some yak here. Um, and maybe I, I, you know, again, I do want to go back to senior tape, especially guys that I'm like way off of consensus. And like you said, he is not near my top 10. Uh, I need to go back and just make sure, was I missing something? Look at some senior tape, see if uh, maybe they developed in deficient areas from prior and things of that nature. So that rounds out our top 10 at campus to Canton. But like always, we want to bring you some lesser known prospects that we really like uh, and talk to you about some of these sleeper uh, guys with sleeper potential and breaking a little bit of tradition. I think we all picked at least one four star to talk about. Um, So these aren't uh, all the way down the line, but they are certainly low um, relative to anyone's top 10 or anything like that. So keep an eye on all these guys, Matt, let's just stick with this theme here and go with, um, Cordell Russell, another guy that you really like that I didn't like. But like I said, he prepping for this show, I was like, you know what? I need to do Matt a solid and go back and look at this guy and see what I'm missing and really try to just wipe a clean slate. And, you know, I liked what I saw and I did bump him. He got quite a big bump for me. But tell us what you like, Russell, 63208. And he, in our comp tool, he came out with Alex Pierce as one of his comps. He was having a decent uh, rookie season, another big, you know, big uh, possession type receiver. But do you see more with Russell? I know you're really high on him. Uh, what, what's his name? There's a much cooler comp in there. It was, um, oh, Tamor and Terry. That's the comp I like much more. Well, I like Tamor and Terry. Yeah, he was an excellent college receiver, but nothing in the pros. So I wanted to give a pro. But yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, uh, basically, I mean, if you know Tamora and Terry, that should be kind of self-explanatory as it is, but Cordell is a super athletic player, super long. Um, you know, we clocked him at over 22 miles per hour, which is pretty insane. Uh, we didn't think he had that kind of speed, uh, until, you know, we got around to some of the senior tape and he's really flying. I think it's the next play where we actually clocked him going 22. Um, He's a super long guy, super uh, explosive athlete. You know, usually his dunk highlight tape is pretty incredible. Uh, I think he's pretty good after the catch, but obviously his main strong suit is, you know, just being able to go up and get the ball over pretty much anybody. Uh, he turned and he had a huge jump from his junior season to his senior year. He kind of, you know, I only think he was the leading receiver on his team his junior year. And then this season he exploded with a huge thousand yard year and, uh, 
he's really, really looked like a much better player, especially much more refined player as he looked pretty raw last year. Yeah, and you can see there, and there's more if you watch this entire tape, like very long. I mean, I don't know if we have a wingspan on him, but he's 6'3". I, I would imagine he might have a 6'7", 6'8", wingspan because when he jumps up with those arms, like he really does tower over virtually anybody. Um, I believe he has been measured at 6'8". That, uh, yeah, you know, that's basically what it looks like. He's so like a pterodactyl out there. So, um you know, very interesting uh, player. And like you said, I do think there was uh, a pretty significant jump either in athleticism or, you know, growth or something uh, or all of the above heading into senior year. I he did do explore. think something I did forget to say. With Quinn Johnson leaving, I mean, he's kind of really going to – he should be next up to just, you know, fill right into the X spot there because he kind of fits into that same kind of mold of guy. Right, and they got some other players last year that people were high on, but I don't think they fit this particular mold. So uh, you're totally right on that one in terms of what he can bring to the table and do for uh, specifically for that TCU team. David, let's kick it to you. One of your sleepers, uh, we're going to go Chris Culliver, who is headed to UNC. So we love, love, love that for fantasy purposes. Got him at 6'2", 174, so a little light, but a ridiculous 32 air yards per catch this season uh, in our database, which is 99th percentile if you had to guess. Um, and what do you love about Chris Culliver? I mean, you see with that stat, he, he wins vertically um, consistently. He doesn't play the greatest competition, but you see here he catches through contact. Um, I think he's a really, I like this. Yeah. He's super fluid. I feel like, you know, I'm always going after guys that move well. He's a good hustler. Look at this. He runs this guy down, um, dips his shoulder here against press. You know, I, I, he needs some refinement for sure, but, um, I definitely like, um, his, his, he's, he's got like, a he's a long player with a, like a decent frame. Like, I think he will add a lot of lean muscle in college. And turn into he can play X or Z really, um, but it's interesting because he was the seventh player that Ohio. So if you're like you know if you kind of track who Hartline's offering, he was the seventh player that Ohio State offered, um, but he's deciding to stay at, stay at home in North Carolina. Um, but yeah, I would say good ball skills generally, uh, really good mover. He runs a four five three. Um, Hundred, uh, like he's got a ten foot broad jump, so he's got good athleticism as well. Yeah, I, I like what he's put on tape as well. And like you said, six two frame, one seventy four. But I, I would imagine that could get to over one ninety. You know, he does seem to be able to. Uh, sometimes you can just tell guys who can seem to carry more weight versus just real skinny with no real chance of adding a whole lot. So Culvert, very interesting guy. I agree with that pick. I'm going to move down to Joshua Manning here. Speaking of a guy who probably doesn't need to put on a ton of weight, 6'3", 190, but he, he looks bigger than that, to be honest with you. Um, he is an absolute man among boys in his, in his small-ish, you know, Missouri competition, Missouri high school competition. Our comparison tool gives him a Michael Thomas comp as I think his second most uh, closest comparison. I don't hate it. You know, I think I asked uh, Matt earlier, I asked you earlier if he – has had um, 
an MPH in our database. And I think you said 20.1 or 21.7, which isn't great. I mean, anything over 20 is okay, but it's not super special. But what I like about him is his movement skills. Um, and you can see a little bit here, uh, but he's also 6'3", and he will go up and get it just like Cordell Russell can uh, in a similar fashion. And then you won't see it in this clip. It kind of happens a little bit later in his highlights, but he's got some nuance for a bigger guy as well, and will run some little outs. He'll run some curls, um, some other things like that. But, of course, here he's going to get a jump ball and come down with it with a guy pretty much just draped on him, of course. And you'd expect that from a guy of his size playing his competition. But then here you see uh, a screen and he just blows through everybody. I mean, pretty good burst there. And then he's just pulling away from the rest of that uh, defense there. And at that size, you, he kind of just shows me a little of everything, which I really like. There's Luther Burden, of course, at Missouri, but I think he's really interesting. And in the transfer era, we never know if these guys will find themselves on a better offense. So I think landing spot, while it's worth talking about when it's good, when it's bad, it's not the end of the world because they can just have a free pass to go anywhere else. So he's pretty low. Uh, he's a four star, but he's pretty low. And I just think he shows a lot more than he's getting credit for. So let's see, Matt, then we're going to go to a true Sleeper. Guy, honestly, I had not heard of until you mentioned his name. Vendravius Jacobs headed to FSU. So another FSU wide receiver. Uh, you got to like that for the Seminoles. Six foot 170 and a pretty eyebrow raising DeFonta Smith comp. Tell us a little more about what you see with this guy. Uh, yeah, Jacobs has been probably one of the biggest uh, risers from this season. Uh, it's between him and Cordell Russell, two guys I'm super high on. And most of the services other than on three are still pretty low on both of them. Um, with Jacobs, he's uh, he's just a super well-rounded player. He led Florida in uh, receiving touchdowns this year. He was number two in re receptions and receiving yards. Um, as you can see, I can go up and get it. He's got tons of straight line speed. He moves great laterally. Mm. Um you know, he's a pretty refined player, too. He's going to be able to get open and separate at the next level. Uh, he's good for the catch. Like, I, just, you know, when you go down the list of things, there's just I don't see that many weak points to his game. The big thing I would say currently is his build, his comp, being Devonta Smith. But, you know, as a uh, you know senior in high school right now, he is the same size as Devonta Smith, or at least that's what he's listed at. So, yeah, he's listed at the same – I think even bigger than Smith was at the combine, so there's hope for him there. Yeah, so I'm not overly concerned about it. All right, yeah, he, and, and his tape is really impressive. I got to say, I mean, that was, that was a great find. And he is a riser in all the services, too. I agree with you. I mean, I'm seeing him. He just got bumped on, I think, on three. And um, I think he's a four-star, actually, on, on three now, who uh, sometimes has some counter-culture rankings. But, you know, I'm not sure if they're always right, but they certainly take stabs at guys that, that no one else is talking about. Kind of like what we like to do here, actually. So kudos to them. Um, David, tell us about Kyle Parker, a, a dude who blew up onto the scene this year. I think we all took notice when he had like a, I don't even remember. What was it like a 23 catch game or something outrageous? It was like 400 yards, I think. something. Yeah. yeah. And I get it against good competition too. So um, he yeah, played. Yeah, Texas kid, right? 
Yeah, his max preps SOS is like 35. He plays in Texas against good, you know, good competition. Um, just kind of like Jacobs, you know, he's just like a really well-rounded. He, he he's a space creator. You can see that. Um, he's good against zone, good against man. Um, he works with Margin Hooks, who's like this, you know, really well-respected private wide receiver coach and, and it, it translates to the field I feel like he's a really good yak player you can see here um, good spatial awareness in general and I wasn't sure how much I would like I, I wasn't sure what to think about it at first but he actually is more traitsy than I originally thought like he actually does have pretty good speed so I was thinking he was only going to be um a slap guy but i actually think he could play z too you see right there that that last guy he burned was the consensus uh quarterback five in the class malik muhammad and i wanted to point out that last play because um a lot of people would be like oh my god he got run down there like he hit 21 miles per hour there and he he was he hit 20.5 and was sustaining 20.5 for like 30 yards the guy that ran him down was samuel omosigo uh anyways he's a linebacker going to oklahoma Recruiting analytics gave him a 97.5 athlete score. So, I mean, the guy that ran him down is an absolute freak. So it's like, I think people that watch will be like, oh, he got run down. He's not that fast, but I got him hitting 21. So I think he can, there's a little more versatility than I was originally thinking. Um, and he's like wide receiver 63 in the class. I feel like that's a little too low. Yeah. Um, I think that's a great point about competition, especially if you're watching guys in Texas big level Texas football, you really never know who's on that defensive side of the ball. Um, if you're watching like, like, I mean, jo uh, Josh Manning earlier, you know, kind of smaller school Missouri football, I think you can assume like you don't want to see him get run down. But like if you're watching, just keep in mind, if you're watching Texas or Florida or, or Georgia or California, there could be a four or five star guy who, who catches your player that you're watching. So it doesn't always mean that they're, you know, deficient. Um, and then moving on to my my deep shot here is Caden Lee, another slider frame guy, 5'10", 172, um, and a, but uh, 47 receiving market share, 47 percent receiving market share this year. I think his team has scored like you know 18 or 20 touchdowns through the year, and he's caught 13 of them or something like that, and a thousand yard season back to back, which in high school is actually pretty impressive because most teams have poor quarterback play and uh, you know. 50% of that, the team's offense went to him, which was a uh, thousand yards for Caden Lee. Um, he's a, definitely a slider frame guy. I mean, you can see it on tape. He, he definitely looks skinny, but he's, he's very uh, good at separation. And I will say, I think the thing that leads him off being, you know, maybe an elite player in this class is like overall long speed and looks here. He looks fine, but, when you watch some of his tape, you do see a lacking of like a really top, top gear uh, to just blow people away, which in college is obviously going to be more important. But here we have him fighting through contact after a little stutter step and then catching the ball, bouncing off some tacklers um, and then, uh, you know, plenty of juice to get to the end zone. But there's plenty of other little double moves and things that he does. He can be very sudden. And uh, I think that's going to translate into being a pretty good route runner. And um Right now, I think his number one projection, he's the only guy uncommitted on this list that we talked about today. Uh, I think his current projection is Ole Miss, which would be pretty exciting because we know that's a pretty good offense and a good offensive mind at the helm, at least until the Auburn game, which 
we'll find out what happens after the Egg Bowl and this this next weekend here. Um, David, another congratulations here. I know to, I think it was today. Kenny Minchie um, uh, said he's committing to Notre Dame. I know that's your team, so I wanted to call it out here. We've been we've been following Minchie a while. We talked about him two episodes ago when he was still committed to Pitt, and now he's going to the Irish. Excited about that. I'm excited. I feel bad for Austin, big Pitt fan. We yeah. kind of stole him, but you know, it's a good console. It's a good Dante Moore consolation prize. He's kind of Dante Moore light. So like I'll take like 85, 90% of, that, of him, you know? So yeah, it's definitely, yeah. you got to get a. We had to get a quarterback. So that's big for us. Yeah. I think that's a, he's a good player. I actually, he's been a senior riser for me uh, in particular. So well, that does it for the wide receivers. Thanks, guys. And tune in next week. We will be back yet again for tight ends. Tight ends. Yes, a whole show on tight ends. And there are some pretty exciting ones, actually. Um, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Enjoy this, hopefully, on your travels to see some family. I hope you two both have a lovely Thanksgiving and eat some delicious sides. I'm a, I'm a big sides guy. Turkeys, whatever. Um, but, you know, enjoy some of those nice dishes and we'll see you next tuesday this has been the official 